The sponsor of this half hour is American Giant. You know, we have changed so much as, uh, as Americans. Um, we used to make things our, our, ourselves. We, being made in America meant high quality. I personally think that's coming back in style. Um, and, you know, there are people who are risking everything right now. American Giant is one of them. They began in 2012 when a clothing factory in North Carolina was going to shut down. They worked with the factory to invest in new machinery, skill development. Ten years later today, they make the best hoodie you'll ever own. They make the ones, quite honestly, that haven't been made since the 1960s because they brought all this machinery back that America had gotten rid of and sold to Japan. Uh, American Giant, you want it? made in America by Americans that are renewing their own city and themselves you picked the right place American Giant please look at their clothing now and save American-Giant.com slash Glenn that's American-Giant.com slash Glenn to hear is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. I want to just touch base on something quickly. The White House said, no, no, this was a mistake. And maybe it was. But it was an important mistake from Kamala Harris Here's what she said over the weekend in Baltimore about the Inflation Reduction Act. Listen. Cut nine. When we invest in clean energy and electric vehicles and reduce population, more of our children can breathe clean air and drink clean water. Now... To be fair, they say that she meant um, reduce pollution, not population. Uh, But I think there's some others that might disagree with that. Um, However, let's put into perspective as well. She's talking about the Inflation Reduction Act. So she's talking about spending more on things the government is going to do. And that somehow or another, that's going to reduce inflation. No, that whole thing was a lie. And an important thing to point out about the population in 60 seconds. First, let me tell you about our uh, sponsor this half hour. It is Goldline. Great article in their weekly news section. By the way, go to their weekend review. You'll get an email if you want it, but you can just go to their website and just look for news. This is the email was titled, The American Banking Landscape is on the cusp of a seismic shift. Expect more pain to come. Even if you haven't subscribed to their free newsletter, market updates, you should call them and ask them. Just get this or go to their website and look in their, their news section. In the article, they suggest that bank failures may not be over. What? 
half of the country's banks will likely be swallowed up by competitors. Of course they will. Until there's only four or five banks that are left, and those banks will be the banks of the Federal Reserve. That's what's happening. Maybe it's time to take charge of your own bank. Give the folks over at Goldline a chance to find out uh, how to protect your money using precious metals. Goldline has a special this week on their quarter-ounce gold Mayflower coins. With every 20 of their quarter-ounce gold Mayflower coins acquired, you're going to receive, at no additional charge, 250 one-ounce copper rounds. You don't want to wait. Make your call right now. Call 800, or sorry, 866-GOLDLINE. 866-GOLDLINE. They're waiting for your call right now. 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. All right, so I want to start with this uh, Kamala Harris and play the clip again and again very in a very credible way, and I mean this sincerely, in a very credible way, the White House has come out and said she meant pollution, not population, and that is probably true. So listen to this. (laughs) When we invest in clean energy and electric vehicles and reduce population, more of our children can breathe clean air and drink clean water. Hmm. Okay. Um, I think you could make the case uh, with all of the things that we point out in dark future that she may have meant pollution in this speech, but they actually do intend on reducing the population. And I say that because only a moron would think that you could cut out the traditions of farming go to an entirely new system of farming from seed to table and exclude uh, fertilizer and expect people not to starve i'm telling you billions billions of people are at risk because of what just what they're doing with food now add energy When you have energy and you are getting rid of all of your fossil fuels and you don't have anything to replace it, and what you do have to replace it is nuclear power plants and you're shutting those down and you're shutting down and dismantling your coal fire plants, people are going to freeze to death. It's true. Now, let me ask you, for anyone who is upset at me saying, you know, it, it might be correct that she meant uh, pollution, but when she said reduce population, that also uh, does reduce all of our CO2s. You have a smaller footprint if you have smaller human population. If you're really upset about that, then help me out on two stories. Canadian man claims he was fired from his job as a fuel supplier when he helped rescue a desperate moose calf from a potential black bear attack. Mark Skage, he worked for AFD Petroleum. He was driving back from a job site when he saw an abandoned moose wandering on the side of the road in British Columbia. He pulled over 
hopped out of his vehicle. The calf attempted to climb into his truck as he noticed a bear was stalking just a few days. This uh, animal was just a few days old. There was a black bear 50 yards away just waiting. I made the decision at the time she kept trying to climb into my work truck that I just couldn't leave her there. So I stuck her in the passenger side and drove her to town to get her some help. Canadian man said he was fired from his job because he saved the moose calf. His decision to bring the calf in his truck came uh, from his background as an outdoorsman. He knew what he was doing was against the law. I just couldn't do it in my heart. People can say all they want, but I know as an outdoorsman, we talk about predator control. Black bears are the number one predator for those calves. So I just thought, well, I can't take care of the predator, but maybe I can try to help out this one little calf. So it's against the law. It's against the law. Hmm. Why is it against the law to get rid of the predators? Because if you get rid of the predators, then the prey has overpopulation. You want to make sure there's no overpopulation. Now, they care deeply about the bear, and they care deeply about the balance. Well, then maybe isn't this the same thing? Also, from Canada, Toronto, the 47-year-old that wrestled with an eating disorder, anorexia, for decades, says she has a warped relationship with her body since age eight. These days, she weighs 92 pounds and may go days without eating solid food. She says she is too weak to carry groceries home without stopping for breaks. Every day is hell, she says. I'm so tired. I'm done. I'm ti- I've tried everything. I feel like I've lived my life. An expansion of the criteria for medically assisted death comes into force in March 2024 will allow Canadians like Polly, whose sole underlying condition is mental illness, to choose medically assisted death. Canada legalized assisted death in 2016 for people with terminal illness and then expanded it to 2021 with people with incurable but not terminal conditions. The legal change participated by a court ruling that struck down prohibitions on helping people die. The new mental health provision will make Canada one of the most expansive countries in the world when it comes to medical assistance in dying. Proponents of assisted death... (laughs) excuse me, uh, which is still a novel concept in many parts of the world, says it's an issue of personal autonomy. But six disability rights and religious advocates told Reuters that the pace of the plan changes to the assisted death framework in Canada brings additional risks of people opting for made medical assisted uh, medical assistance in dying made because they're unable to access social services, the lack which could exacerbate their suffering. So are we reducing the population? We're not. I mean, we got to make sure that we keep that herd reduced, you know, in Canada. You don't want to get rid of the predators. Why? Because the ranchers, the rangers, they know even even if it is compassionate, you cannot save that calf from being eaten by the bear because life goes on 
it must the the survival of the fittest is important isn't that the same with made the survival of the fittest except this time it's done with compassion look they can't make their way they're unhappy we're they're a burden on the rest of society i mean they die out anyway shouldn't we just help them along maybe that's me but that's the way i read all of these and i read them this way in a way that i probably wouldn't have 20 years ago but I read them that way because I never thought the world would go back and start looking at the values and the principles that set the entire world on fire back in the 1930s. These, in, these crazy Marxist, communist, fascistic goals where man has become God and man can tell the farmer exactly how to farm they're experts, even though they've never had their hands in the soil like they have. They can't manage the farm from Moscow because they're not even anywhere close to it. Yet, that's what we're doing with our farmers. I never thought we'd turn back to a time where experimental surgery that permanently mutilates children like they did in the 1930s and 40s, I never thought that the medical associations of America would do that. I really thought in America they had learned first from their mass sterilization on picking which people should be allowed to marry and to breed. That's why you have a marriage license, you know, right? That was a progressive thing to make sure that we licensed people because you just didn't want any of your cattle breeding with any other cattle. That's why you have a blood test. We've got to make sure. Technology is just catching up with this insane eugenics idea. So I, I just never saw it coming. But now that I know... And I know because I did my homework and I put it in the book, Dark Future. Now that I know, when I see something like the 47-year-old that's 92 pounds and they're offering now made medical assistance in dying, I wonder if this isn't the same old, same old. And when I see that a man goes to jail for having the compassion to put a bull moose uh, a baby into his truck so it's not eaten by a bear. I mean, I understand the predator thing. But when I see that the same people that are supposedly saying, let's kill them for compassion, they're really all about the survival of the fittest. I wonder if... Kamala Harris wasn't actually telling the truth, whether she knows it or not, that we are looking at a reduction of the population. Back in just a minute. Our sponsor, this, this half hour is Tunnel for Towers. These people are absolutely the best. 
Um, I, I really like them, and I don't want you to take my word for it. Look, charity is a very personal thing, and you have to be. This has to be something that means something to you, uh, that you want to help, and also that you do your own homework and say, you know, how much of the dollar goes to what they say they're helping. Um, the best way to look at charity is as an investment. How much of that dollar is going to what I care about? I think it's 96 cents on every dollar from tunnel to towers is some insanely high percentage goes to tunnel, uh, goes to who they say they're serving. And those are the heroes. Those are the heroes of the police department. Those are the heroes of the fire department. Those are the heroes of our uh, wounded and veterans that never came home. They take care of the heroes. And when there is a real serious problem, when somebody loses their life and they have a family at home, they, they do their best to take care of all of these guys to make sure that their families are taken care of and they take away the mortgage. They give them the mortgage and pick it up themselves. Can you help do this? The foundation has helped hundreds of first responder families all across America by removing the burden of a mortgage. And thanks to supporters like you, they, they're on a mission. And it takes $11 a month from you to be able to make this mission happen. Donate to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2T.org. Tunnel to Towers. 10 seconds. Station ID. Why don't you take it here, Stu? You take it, something. I've got it if you don't. All right. Uh, welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. We've talked a lot about the um, the GOP candidates and what they were talking about on the summit. If you haven't seen the summit, you really, really need to uh, subscribe. Go to blazemediasummit.com. Join us. Promo code SUMMIT at uh, checkout. You'll save $30 off your year's subscription. You can see the whole summit and you can get the Blaze subscribers only interview with me and Tucker Carlson uh, that went on for about an hour. Were you still there, Stu, when that took place? Yeah, I was in the back room watching it on the monitors, but I did. I, I watched the whole thing. It was really interesting. And, you know, it's, he's an interesting guy in that he, I don't know, Fascinating. He, he, he comes off as, in person at least, is really like happy and, and joyful and seemed to he seems to just like his life and existence, which he does. Yeah, it's not the way he's portrayed in the media as he's portrayed as this yeah. dour no, guy. He's, he's very likable. You know, one of the first things he said was, I judge a man by his family. If your family uh, doesn't love you and you're not in touch with your family, I don't think you're much of an individual. You've kind of missed the main point of, of certain things. Uh, and uh, I immediately thought, well, I, I wonder what he thinks of uh, Joe Biden uh, and his family. Whew. That's that. Yeah, that's there's a lot to learn there from uh, from that particular situation. Um, I think too, like looking at the the event itself, and I, I I stop and wonder if anyone's going to want to do another one of them because there were some moments where people really sunk their candidacy. If there was any candidacy there, I, I hasten. Uh, you know, uh, to, to say that about Asa Hutchinson, because I just, you know, I, what are you sinking? <laughs> you know, the Hindenburg certainly no, wasn't far off the ground when it collapsed. That's for no. sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but I mean, you wonder though, if, if candidates are going to want to do these forums like this, I mean, in some ways it's more beneficial for them to go up and just 
go to a, a mainstream media interview where, of course, they will look rational to conservatives in comparison to that host, where this was a situation where they had to be really compared with each other and they had to be compared with the differences within the movement, which, of course, is the only interesting thing to voters who are voting in a Republican primary. No one cares if, you know, who, what you think about Trump's January 6th tweeting, right? Like, that's what the media will ask people about. It, it, this was a totally different way of covering one of these things. And I, I a wonder if candidates are going to want to do it again because it was hard. It wasn't easy. And secondly, I think if people look at this as conservatives and and look at the value of this, I, I hope that will convince them to come on board with with Blaze TV, as you were just mentioning, because it really you can see the difference when you have a, a weapon like this in your arsenal, like a network that will go there, cover this stuff fairly, actually give you the, the types of questions you want answered. That makes a huge difference when you're trying to actually figure out who is the best candidate in an 11 candidate field. I mean, you really learned something uh, on Friday, and I, I, I think it was a real difference maker. I will tell you that uh, I, I we tried really hard to be fair, and uh, well, with an exception of me with Asa, um, yeah, well, <laughs> we don't. Uh, <laughs> you were. I, yeah. I mean, I questioned before he got on stage. Why? Why is this man here? Anybody? see his picture on a milk carton uh here he is you should come pick him up uh because i don't know why he's he he hadn't been seen for a while uh and uh, probably for good reason at least he showed up though he did he took a swing yeah he did he, he took a shot and it didn't work and that happens it's hard to become president of the united states so i mean it, i don't think he was going anywhere before this and he's not going anywhere you, after <laughs> it so yes, no, yes, nothing really ventured yes. nothing lost Yes. So let me ask you, Stu. Mm -hmm. I saw two candidates without naming names. I saw two candidates who I thought, that's a president. That's mm -hmm. somebody ready to be president. How many did you see? Yeah, I'd say two. I, I might. Uh, I mean, I think if you're looking for people who performed well there, I thought there were I thought maybe three performed well. Um, uh, you know, I think there was two catastrophes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah. uh, I thought, you know, the other yeah. the other candidates either did OK or what you'd expect from them or maybe improve their standing a little bit. And that's right. You know, that's all you, you know, right. you can hope for. But, but there were two. There were two that I think got a standing ovation mm -hmm. uh, and uh, and they were well deserved. And we'll talk about those two coming up in just a second. The Glenn Beck Program. Friends, uh, I want you to switch. I want you to switch right now. Sure, all of your children may be switching. And you'll be saying, why are they, what, what, Bobby, why are you wearing a dress? I'm not talking about that kind of switching. Oh, no, friends, I'm talking to switching to Patriot Mobile. Patriot Mobile, they don't, uh, they don't cross any of those lines or cross dress. They are they're all binary. They're cisgender. And I can't speak for all of them, but uh, I will tell you that they're in the schools making sure that our kids don't have, you know, things like uh, drag shows. Huh? Can I get an amen? And they also give you the best mobile service out there no matter where you are. Patriot Mobile, the only Christian conservative wireless provider providing dependable nationwide coverage on all three networks so you get the best possible service in your area and when you switch 
You can keep your phone. You can keep your number. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck or 878-PATRIOT. 878-PATRIOT. Can I get an amen? It's PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. Get the exclusive Glenn Beck Tucker Carlson conversation at BlazeMediaSummit.com. Just use the code SUMMIT and save 30 bucks off your one-year subscription to Blaze TV. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. We, uh, sorry for this personal note, but we could not have done the Blaze Summit without Nelco Media. They are a valued partner at, uh, at Blaze Media, and uh, they helped with the Iowa Summit. I mean, they did something, honestly. We said to them, we're one mixing board short. Uh, could, could, we, could, we, could, could we borrow one? They were like, it's already in the truck ready to go. Take it. I mean, they they were really amazing, and we couldn't have done it without them. So thank you, Nelco Media. Um, Stu, we were we're talking about the politics of what happened on Friday at the uh, Blaze uh, Media Summit, uh, and uh, it, it is something that has happened in Iowa all the time. The Family Leadership Council puts this on, but it's usually not covered by the mainstream media like we covered it. And it became the, you know, I believe it was the number one trend on uh, Friday. And I'm still seeing newspaper reports and everything else about it uh, today. But we haven't even had a chance to talk. We left, uh, went our separate ways shortly after the, uh, uh, the summit and really having a chance to uh, decompress from it. Can we go through all of the candidates that were there and... I'd like to hear your opinion on did they help or hurt themselves and what was the most important thing we learned? Sure. Um, we started with Asa Hutchinson. Uh, I think we can. No, 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 no. Let's start at the beginning. Let's start with Tim Scott. He was the first one. That's right. Oh, yeah. Tim Scott was first. That's right. Tim Scott was first. Yes. And Scott is is an interesting candidate. I, I generally like Tim Scott. I, I think he's Me too. Uh, he's with 100 percent certainty the best senator from South Carolina that we have. Uh, by a very, very large margin. <laughs> large margin. Very, it's almost yeah. like mm-hmm. it's almost like Biden is in the other seat. I can't remember who is, but mm-hmm. anyway, go somebody ahead. else. Uh, you know, he was he. You know, he came in. He has a more hawkish view on Ukraine, which he was pressed on uh, significantly by yep. Tucker during the interview. Um, you know, didn't like it. The one, the one thing you'd say about uh, Tim Scott is that he he has a he sort of has a sort of a quirky energy to him. Like he, I think some people really like it. It shows a lot of optimism. Yeah. Um, he has that sort of uh, that that um, I don't know that that vibe, right? Like he's out. He's 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 not flustered by stuff. He doesn't. He, he defended no. himself and, and defended his viewpoints. It was he had a little bit of a stylistic uh, thing where he was starting the interview with tucker he'd get the question and then he'd sort of just stand up and address the crowd and walk around which i thought yeah. was uh, you know a, a little odd it didn't f- you know he was the first one to go nothing you know he so it was a little bit strange generally speaking i don't think he helped or hurt himself i thought he did basically what i what i thought he would do uh, he, he wasn't a standout performer but i don't think he didn't blow himself up like some of the other candidates on stage by any means i thought he was fine so- but didn't improve his standing all that much so I thought he helped himself only because he improved his stature of being there among the other presidential candidates um, and reminding them on what there's what his strong point points are. And his strong points are uh, belief in tomorrow 
and he has evidence to back that up and um, a strong defender of America in a very positive sort of way. But he's not revolutionary enough for the times. And he's also um, uh, I don't think he's he's ready to be president uh, yet. But I, I I think he helped himself a little bit. Asa Hutchinson. Asa Hutchinson, suboptimal was the word I used to describe uh, the Asa Hutchinson performance. Did that go um, far enough? To, <laughs> that really? It may be a little understated. Uh, that was, it, look, Asa Hutchinson was already really out of step with the Republican voters. He has at zero or one percent in almost every poll. So I think you can defend his appearance there, right? Like I, there are other people who, you know, like. Will Hurd didn't show up. I don't know if he was invited, but like he's in the race. He's at zero percent. Why wouldn't you go there and try to do something and move the needle? You know, if you're, I don't know, Doug Burgum or there's a bunch of these guys that are in the race that didn't show or I don't know, maybe they weren't invited, um, but are really at the bottom of the scale and didn't wind up doing this. Asa Hutchinson showed up. He made his case. His case is just one that the Republican voters don't like. They they really do think right. that the transgendering of, of children and, and irreversible surgeries and all that stuff is a problem. You know, Asa was like, it didn't seem to think it was a problem. He's very out of step. Uh, and I think when people really realized that and saw it, uh, in front of them, it was, as you pointed out, a very Hindenburg-like event. <laughs> where, yeah, uh, I was just going to say, let me, let me, let me describe it by playing cut seventeen. Uh, this is Asa Hutchinson, listen. It burst under flesh. Get this started. Get this started. It's rising. And it's rising. It's rising. Terrible. Oh my! Get out of the way, please. It's running, bursting into flames, and and it's falling on the morning fast. And all the folks between us, this is terrible. This is the worst of the worst catastrophes in the world. Oh, it's it's breaking. Twenty, oh, four or five hundred feet into the sky, and it, it's a terrific crash, ladies and gentlemen. The smoke and the flames now, and the flames rising yeah, to the yeah. ground, not quite to the morning mass. All the humanity. Okay. <laughs> it was bad. Now. Uh, uh, luckily, nobody was hurt except those who were trying to finance uh, his campaign. Uh, they're in serious condition today. Uh, then we go to Mike Pence, and Mike Pence should have done very well. The, this is a group of religious people, um, and it's it's you know it's it's a religious group holding their conference. We want to hear from you. This is Mike Pence's. This is his. Uh, these are his people. Yeah. And of course, he definitely should have been there. This, these are his people. And, you know, he, there was a, a back and forth about religious freedom with Tucker Carlson, in which Tucker Carlson was talking about some persecuted people, uh, religious people in, uh, in Ukraine that have been allegedly persecuted by uh, the government of Ukraine. Um, the disagreement there was stark because Tucker kept coming after him on this. And Pence basically said he talked to people or he said he talked to a person on the ground in Ukraine who said it wasn't happening. So he wasn't basically concerned about it. Um, you know, there has been reporting on this, you know, of course, a war zone. It's always hard to know exactly what's going on. But that was uncomfortable. And then it went to the actual Ukraine war where Pence is pretty hawkish um, and that part of it, most of it, I thought was interesting because Pence didn't back down. They sort of had a disagreement. He didn't try to uh, worm his way out of it. He stood up and basically said, yeah, I'm a real hawk on Ukraine. We're, this is very much in our interest. We should be spending this money. We should do, be doing more. 
and it felt like it felt like something that may have happened 10 years ago in a Republican uh, debate um, where Tucker was pushing him from the other side. They went back and forth. At one point, he had a real gaffe, which Tucker was talking about, you know, hey, American cities are aflames here in flames here and you're worried about Ukraine. Why? And uh, he said, that's not my concern. We played the clip earlier. It yeah, kinda, cut seven. Yeah, cut 17, mm-hmm. please. Mm-hmm. Cut 17. Our economy has degraded. The suicide rate has jumped. Public filth and disorder and crime have exponentially increased. And yet your concern is that the Ukrainians, a country most people can't find on a map, who've received tens of billions of U.S. tax dollars, don't have enough tanks. I think it's a fair question to ask, like, where's the concern for the United States in that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cut 17, it's please. Oh, it's there right, is... And it's rising. Oh. It's rising terrible. Oh, oh my. Get out of the way, Okay, please. stop. Because he so responded hard. to that question as, that's not my concern. Oh. And yeah, it not, sounded not like good, he wasn't concerned good. for American cities. If you listen to the context of his answer, it's quite clear that's yes. not exactly what he meant. But, I mean, it's like Kamala Harris saying the population thing. You, you can't make mistakes like that. Uh, so that was yeah, it, it no, was a catastrophe good. for Pence, I thought. Okay, so Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley is about what I expected. I thought she was kind of neutral. The problem with Nikki Haley is she sounds like the candidate that would have been great in 2012. She was, uh, and she didn't, to be fair, she didn't get a chance to talk about foreign policy, which is the one thing I would have wanted her to talk about. Um, but uh, she, she talked about, um, you know, Pretty much everything else, I thought, except for that, which I thought was an odd choice, but uh, for uh, for Tucker. But um, she just sounded um, out of touch with what we're truly facing today. Uh, Do you think that's too harsh? It wasn't the sense I got. But now, to be fair, she had we had just seen Mike Pence, Asa Hutchinson and Tim Scott. And Tim, as we said, Tim Scott, I thought was okay. Uh, you know. But then we had two sort of catastrophes in a row with Asa Hutchinson and Pence. Yeah. So then it came out to Haley. I thought certainly, uh, maybe it was a low hurdle to clear at the time, but I thought she did pretty well, actually. And I do think a big part of that was Tucker's choice in not really questioning her on on Ukraine. Now, again, she mm-hmm. has a pretty standard uh, 2012 view of that of that view Correct. situation. She's relatively hawkish. Correct. But she, they didn't get into that topic at all. And they didn't get into the topic about the Disney situation where she was talking about, hey, I want to invite uh, Disney to South Carolina. Those are the two things I thought she was sort of vulnerable on. Because they didn't go in that in those directions, I thought she handled herself really well, actually. I, I thought she helped herself, uh, generally speaking. Um, it wasn't a breakout performance, but I thought it was a helpful no. performance for her candidacy. Yeah, you might you might say that it's uh, the only reason why I said it was neutral is because that's what I expected her to do. She's a good candidate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Tim Scott is, too. They're both good candidates. Yeah. Um, And I thought they were I grouped them together. I thought they were right around the same area. Maybe Haley a little bit better. You thought maybe Scott was a little bit better, but I thought they were right around the same area there. So Vivek was the first time that I saw a and maybe not this time, but. Maybe next time, uh, a future president of the United States. And maybe this time. I mean, he's growing rapidly uh, in stature. Uh, You know, I would expect somebody like Vivek generally to do, you know, 1% the first time he's out. 
He's not. He's doing fairly well in the polling. In some polls, one poll has him up to 10%. Um, Let's see how those hold, and let's see what really happens. Um, But he was young, energetic, really buttoned up on all of the issues. Um, Very, very clean as far as his messages. There wasn't a lot of political speak and gobbledygook. I, I thought he just delivered it he's good at this glad he's good at this he's yes yeah. he's, he's good at doing this he and if you don't what you didn't see on stage or in the interview that glenn did with vivek right after uh, his uh, his performance uh, in the uh, tucker interview he's also backstage working the crowd he knows how to do this he's good at it he was a good communicator before he started running for president and he's he's fit into this role really well i think for a lot of people who probably had never seen him uh, before or didn't know anything about him if that was your first experience with him you were probably pretty impressed like the guy at, speak take out his policies which some of which you might like some of which you don't we're just talking about performance here and i think quite clearly he had one of the best performances of the weekend he's the type of person oh, yeah. that is i think is breaking out as a candidate he's having a moment yeah. and we all knew it wasn't going to be a two-person race we all knew at some point someone in that other group was going to have a moment and it seems like this is the beginning of vivek's now so we'll we'll keep our eye on him. Uh, the other thing is you should know that he got us. I think he was the first of the day to get the standing ovation. Uh, and um, and he's a Hindu. And this was an evangelical uh, gathering. Uh, he made quite an impression on these people. All right. Back in just a second. You laugh, but no, I, unfortunately, that's a big deal. No, I thought it was interesting. His answer to that. We should come back and talk about his when you asked him directly yeah. about that after the event. It was interesting. Yes. I thought it was really good. And then we'll get to Ron DeSantis and his performance in just a second. If your car is no longer covered under its warranty, you know what that makes you? Makes you beholden to the car mechanics. It means that whatever they want to charge you when your car goes kaput, you're going to have to pay for it. Because what else are you going to do? You need your car. CarShield offers affordable protection plans to fit every budget and covers more parts than ever before. And when they are the costly repairs... Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't have a warranty? You're really going to love CarShield. Count on CarShield to help take care of you when you're on the side of the road and the car breaks down as well. Every protection plan includes coast-to-coast roadside assistance, rental car options, and trip reimbursement at no extra cost. And if you lock in your price today by joining, your price will never go up. CarShield, dedicated to protecting what you drive. Get coverage like I have. CarShield. CarShield.com. 800-227-6100. 800-227-6100. Your price will never go up. 800-227-6100 carshield.com slash back join the conversation 888-727-BECK the Glenn Beck program This is the Glenn Beck program talking about uh, Vivek Ramaswamy. Um, he said to me when I said, you know, you were standing in front of a bunch of evangelicals 
uh, how do you think you did? And he said, you know, I'm hoping people think about it. I was raised uh, Christian uh, in, in Christian schools. He said, my family was Hindu, and he said, uh, but we have the same values. We love America. We love the Ten Commandments. We have the values that created this country. He said, and that's what we need to defend, and we both believe in one God. Um, And uh, God can use anyone. And he said, I don't think there's anybody better to push off the idea of Christian nationalism by using somebody who will defend Christians and uh, the nation uh, first uh, than a guy who isn't a Christian. <laughs> I thought that was brilliant. Mm, it was an interesting point. Uh, and then the last one was uh, Ron DeSantis, who came in. Uh, he was the last one of the thought of he the did day. really well. But he did really well, too. Uh, I, you know, again, people like to say he's not a good candidate. Like there's this weird thing he's going great. around that he's not. I thought he did very well. He, he has obvious knowledge yeah. of the issues. Uh, he can speak about them clearly, uh, concisely, and with a little bit of a exclamation point here and there. And I thought he did very well. Uh, I thought he helped himself as well. Uh, he needed to do, I mean, he, you know, people are talking about his, his candidacy in decline, which is really weird because he's been at around 20% for months. He hasn't been improving or closing the gap with Trump, but he hasn't, Correct. his support hasn't dwindled either. And I thought, you know, as for a first event, I thought he did very well. I thought he did very well. He's the candidate to beat, um, you know, behind um, Trump, yep. Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he handled himself very well. He looked very, very presidential. Uh, and I think uh, it makes a lot of sense that Donald Trump would come out and say, the two guys I'm considering as my vice president would be uh, Tim Scott from South Carolina. That would make sense. And Vivek Ramaswamy, and this is something I said a couple of weeks ago, and I think Vivek will be the the nominee if he chooses from the nominees. I think he will he'll pick Vivek Ramaswamy as uh, his running mate, which I think would be really the exceptional. Program. 